Everyone, start your engines. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I'm not a crook. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan. Listening to Jim Paris Live, your source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right, hello everybody. Welcome to the broadcast. Great to have you with us, and uh, I'm so excited to be back. Uh, I had COVID, and I'm telling you, I felt like I was going to die. I, I literally got to the point. Uh, where I was about to call 911 because I could not breathe. And uh, I've had it for two weeks now, and I'm definitely clear of it, but I'm still in the final stages of it. And it's it's kind of a weird thing. One of my friends had told me that uh, COVID is an up and down sickness, that you're going to feel good maybe part of the day, and then it's going to hit you and you're going to go back down again. And that's exactly what happened. And I think this is the first time that I've had COVID uh, of course, you know, I, I am vaccinated. I did do the vaccination. I talked about that on the show a couple of years ago, why I did that. I know some of you didn't do the vaccination. I did. Um, I don't think I've had COVID before, but I did go in and get tested uh, twice and I did have it. Uh, and then I had it even five or six days later, I still had it. Uh, but now I'm clear, but I'm in the final throes of it. And one of the things that has been happening the last like three or four days is this dry cough where I get this dry cough attack and I literally lose my voice. And this has been happening a little bit at night, but I think today's the first day that I'm just officially over it. So I feel great and it's good to be with you. Um, I think I missed three shows. Um, I had a friend visiting and then I had, you know, COVID. So I think I missed three shows, maybe four shows. Uh, but we are back now live tonight and uh, great to be with you. And the big news, uh, of the week is that I am now engaged and I'm super excited. Uh, and, uh, just want to say hello to Lisa, my fiance and look so forward to, uh, our wedding and, uh, just super excited about that. And, uh, tell you a little bit of the story it's on my Facebook, but, uh, Lisa and I grew up together in Chicago. She was uh, the family across the street and uh, her parents had three children, three girls, and uh, she was my number one crush growing up. And I knew she was out of my league, so I never asked her out. I probably should have. Uh, but uh, here we are, you know, some 40 plus years later, we reconnected and uh, fell in love and now we're going to get married. So if you want to hear more of that story, I did write it all out. It is on my Facebook page. And unfortunately, I've reached the point on Facebook where uh, I now have a maximum number of friends. So what happened is on the personal Facebook page, which you can find by going to James L. Parrish, you'll see that you can't friend me, but you can follow me. Uh, so that page is full as far as friending, but you can still follow the page. And that's where you'll find most of my content will be on that James L. Paris Facebook page. There are additional Facebook pages that I have as well. Um, but that is where, you know, if you can follow me there, you won't miss anything. You'll get the show. You'll get all my news updates, all of my videos uh, during the week, my Facebook lives that I do during the week. All of that you'll see on the James L. Paris 
Facebook page. So super excited. I'm engaged. Uh, uh, posted that yesterday and a ton of people uh, are uh, congratulating me and just uh, love you so much, Lisa, and looking forward to being with you for the rest of our lives. So exciting. Okay, so uh, getting into some politics here, I thought this was interesting because we're seeing more and more of these stories, especially by the liberal media, where they're throwing Biden under the bus. So here's the latest. Um, I believe this is a poll from ABC News saying that Biden is trailing Trump by nine points. And what's interesting about this poll is they're also polling, asking Democrats whether or not Biden is too old to run again. And there's some crazy number. It's like two thirds of Democrats are now saying that Biden is too old to run again. And and what's interesting, though, you break the poll down even further, and then they ask people for alternatives to Biden. So if Biden doesn't run again, then who would be, be their second choice? So it's interesting because the second choice is Kamala Harris at about 8%. That's it. <laughs> it's totally split up. So you got 8% for Kamala Harris. Then you've got uh, Bernie Sanders and Robert F. Kennedy Jr. are both at 7%. So as we're getting close to this one year point on the election, you you got to wonder, like, what is going to go on? And there's a lot of speculation about somebody coming out of nowhere, like a Michelle Obama or somebody like that, that they put on the ticket. Of course, there's also um, Gavin Newsom out of California, who's uh, thrown his hat in the ring. But um, you just don't know, you know, who is going to be there. A lot of people are wondering if Biden could even finish his current term, no less start a brand new term. And his um, unfavorable numbers are just off the charts. Uh, people are not happy. Independents are not happy. Of course, conservatives are not happy. And even it looks like most Democrats are not happy and don't see Biden running for a second term. All right, so I did a live uh, radio appearance on this this week on the Moody radio station in Nashville. And the whole student loan forgiveness thing. So, so just to kind of retrace steps to make sure people know where we're at. So we had the Biden administration that was going to do this uh, wide scale forgiveness of student loans. So it would mean that most people would get $10,000 forgiven. And then depending on your circumstances, if you got the Pell Grant and other factors, you actually could get $20,000 of student loans forgiven. Um, but then the Supreme Court stepped in and said, no, you're not going to get the student loan forgiveness. So that was all taken away. So people assumed that student loan forgiveness was dead. But here's the deal. It is not dead. They actually have come up with a new program called SAVE, S-A-V-E. And if you go into the uh, financial aid website, just Google uh, student financial aid, Department of Education, something like that, you'll get to the site. You can log into your student loan account. And what a lot of people are telling me is that they're logging in and seeing that they owe nothing, that um, their student loan balance was forgiven. And this is because maybe they were on the income-based repayment, or maybe they were in the nonprofit forgiveness. And a lot of uh, people that thought they were getting that forgiveness uh, we're told, no, you didn't have the right paperwork in. You didn't do this or that. Well, they've gone in now and cleaned up all of the accounting problems. And a lot of people are finding out that their uh, student loans have been forgiven. And then on the other hand, a lot of people are logging in, putting in their income situation. So they're going to ask you how many people in your family, how much you make. And this is cool. You're going to self-certify. So you're going to uh, basically on the honor system, tell them how much you make. 
and you're going to put that in there and then it's going to determine your payment. Some people are logging in, filling out the information, which takes about 30 seconds and finding out that they actually will have a zero payment. And others are finding out that their payment's 50 bucks or 100 bucks or something really silly and small. But now is the time to do it because depending on um, your situation, you may have a payment due here towards the end of September or maybe your first payment will be in October. But get in there, fill everything out so that you can actually see what you owe. You might be surprised, you may owe nothing. Um, and then again, um, if you do owe something, you might have a ridiculously low payment and these new programs under the save S A V E arrangement, um, a, a lot of them where the interest is going to be waived on the balance that you're running. So there's gonna be a lot of different workarounds that they have put in place to make the student loan payments affordable. So it's not going to be the Armageddon that I thought and a lot of people thought it would be that people were going to get hit with these giant payments. And I've seen them because I'm now in the mortgage industry uh, where people are being hit with thousand dollar a month payments. Um, now we're finding that, nope, we're getting people with zero payments. We're getting people with loans that are forgiven. Uh, the worst thing you could do though, is to be an ostrich and stick your head in the sand and not actually log in and see where you stand. Because if you log in, you fill out the paperwork for the save, which takes about 30 seconds, uh, you're going to be locked into this new program. Worst case scenario, probably just a super low payment is probably what you're going to have. All right, so let's talk about the real estate a little bit. So one of the things that we're seeing is that, uh, especially in the cities where real estate actually went up the most, you know, these super hot cities, some of them are in Florida, places like Austin, Texas, uh, parts of the Carolinas, uh, Nashville, Tennessee, some of these areas where it was super hot uh, are now starting to see the prices cool. And uh, right here in my own area, we're seeing some uh, where between a five and a 10% correction in real estate prices. So one of the, the questions people are asking me is now the time to buy uh, because interest rates are high. So we've got the 30 year mortgage is at a 23 year high on the rate. So a lot of people would think common sense would dictate don't buy now because you have these higher rates. But, but watch this. If you're in a market like some of these markets that have been so hot where the prices have dropped by 5% or 10% or even more, it's probably worth it to look at still buying because when you look at what your net adjusted payment is going to be at these new lower prices, even with the higher interest rate, these are going to be bargains. This is a window of opportunity. And you always want to think this way. You date the interest rate and you marry the house. You know, that is you get the house at a good price now, and then, you know, maybe the interest rate is a little bit higher than what you would want it to be. Uh, you come back in a year or two and you refinance. That is the strategy. And that's what makes the most sense right now is looking at the opportunity of these lower prices, especially in these hot markets. If you're somebody that was thinking of moving to uh, Texas, you're going to buy in Texas or you're going to buy in Tennessee or the Carolinas or in Florida, or even in some parts of Georgia. Now is the great uh, time to jump in on price. Rates aren't going to be good, but then you can refinance down the road. And there's some really unique strategies where if you're buying, you can get the seller to give you a certain amount of money towards closing costs. We can use that to structure what we call a temporary buy down, where for the first two or three years, you have a substantially lower payment 
And uh, there's so many ways that you can work with the rates as they are now and kind of uh, match those up with the incredible discounts we're seeing in some of these super hot markets uh, where real estate has come down. So a lot of people are asking, you know, uh, where are rates going? And I'm going to be the first one to tell you that nobody knows. Um, there are a lot of these so-called mortgage experts, Barry Habib, uh, a lot of the commentators, um, you know, on C- CNBC, uh, a lot of these, these, these talk shows, and they're predicting this and that, and rates are peaking out and they're going to come down. I mean, we're at a 23 year high right now on interest rates uh, on mortgages. Uh, are they going to come down anytime soon? Nobody knows, but here's what we do know going into this next one year. We always know that going into an election cycle, the parties that are in control want to make things look as good as possible. So that's why we're probably going to see lower gas prices. We're probably going to see lower interest rates, anything they can do to kind of juice the economy to make it look good over the next year. So I think that's probably the strongest argument if you're somebody that does want to, you know, get a prediction or look at what's going to happen over the six mo- next six months or a year. I think we are going to see lower rates mostly because of the influence of the election. Of course, the Fed met this past week. They're not going to raise rates um, at this point, uh, but we still do have pressure uh, for higher rates because of the inflation numbers. So we've got the the 10-year treasury that is pushing the 30-year mortgage rates uh, right now to 23-year highs. But don't miss uh, the forest for the trees because at the same time that rates are high, like I said a moment ago, the price of real estate has dropped. So this is a great time uh, to hold your nose, maybe get a little bit of a higher rate and buy that property that you're planning to buy. Another part of this too that I am working with people on is paying off debts. Um, yes, rates are higher, but I've got clients that are calling me with HELOCs that are right now at 14%, 13%, crazy rates that they're locked into on these HELOCs, which most HELOCs are ARMS, they're adjustable rate loans. And because uh, they're prime plus whatever, and rates have gone up, people are in the teens on these HELOCs, which is nuts. They're also into 30% credit cards. So if you're sitting on a bunch of 30% credit cards, if you've got a HELOC that is in the teens, then we need to talk because even if you just tap a small amount of that home equity and pay off these high interest rate debts, even though mortgage rates are higher, you're still going to be net to the good. And there is no cost to get in touch and to you know have us do an analysis to see how much you can save. And so tapping into that home equity, even at these higher rates on mortgages to get rid of a 14% HELOC or get rid of a bunch of 20 and 30% credit cards or high interest rate auto loans, um, there is no cost to see what's possible. Uh, So get in touch and we can run those numbers and do an analysis to see how much you can save. So one of the areas I think people get ripped very frequently is with their smartphones and I'm a you know smartphone guy. I love the latest gadgets and all that. I do have a Galaxy Fold, which I absolutely love. It is a $2,000 phone, but I only paid 600 bucks for it. I got like the last generation of the Galaxy Fold. I bought it through Amazon. I got it as, as a refurbished, which you still get like the 45-day return window, and it works great, and I pay cash for my phones, and then I have an account with Boost Mobile, and I pay like 35 bucks a month for my Boost Mobile account. And so many people, especially with families, are getting ripped because they're getting into these new phones 
getting these phones, quote unquote, for free. And then they've got these huge uh, payments each month, hundreds of dollars uh, for their, their smartphone bills because all of these free phones are packed into those higher prices they're paying per line. But Walmart is promoting a deal right now where you can get the new Apple iPhone 15, the Apple iPhone 15, you can save up to 1100 bucks. But in order to get this deal, you've got to sign up with AT&T or one of their carriers. So, you know, I'm not an iPhone person, but if you are, maybe this is something to take a look at. But still, even when they have these deals, you can still opt to pay for the phone and still get the great discount. And yes, you can sign up for service, um, but still you're going to be better off paying paying for the phone outright, get the discount, pay for the phone outright, even if that includes signing up for one of these contracts. But you got to look at it like, you know, in my case, I'm paying only 35 bucks a month for uh, my Boost Mobile account. So, I mean, some people paying 7,500 bucks a month and they get a free phone, quote unquote. Um, I just, I think it's just a smarter way to go. Pay cash for your phones, buy the last model, go on Amazon, get the refurbished um, you know, make sure you're happy with it. You can always return it and, uh, you know, save, save money. I mean, that has worked for me and I've been with boost mobile for, I think going on 11 years right now. Uh, okay. So I saw an interesting story about squatters in winter park, Florida. If you're not familiar with the Orlando area, winter park is a suburb of Orlando, kind of like the Beverly Hills. Um, so I live on the coast, but uh, Orlando is about an hour and a half from here. I love Winter Park. Beautiful bedroom community to Orlando uh, on a bunch of different lakes there. A lot of celebrities live in Winter Park. A lot of great restaurants and shopping. Uh, really cool place. But this is a story I read today about squatters living in a house where apparently over the last uh, six months, there's been more than a dozen police raids on the house. All this stuff is going on. And they don't own this house. They have no right to be in this house, but they have a fake lease that they've written up and police apparently can't do anything because this becomes a quote unquote civil matter where whoever actually does live there, it looks like the house has been totally abandoned. Um, that house is, you know, probably in foreclosure bank is going through the process to get that back. Then they can get rid of these squatters. This is happening all over the country where squatters are taking over abandoned houses and just simply creating bogus fake leases online and living in these houses. I had this in my neighborhood, uh, not too many years ago where we had the police out there almost every night. There were gunshots, there were drug deals. All of this was going on uh, in a house that had no electricity, no water going to it. It was an abandoned house. And this can happen when you have uh, a bank that slow walks through a foreclosure and uh, it might take months to get a property officially through foreclosure where the bank takes it back. And sometimes the bank takes it back and then they just let it sit. They don't actually you know, take possession and do anything with it right away. But there's got to be some kind of reform uh, to this whole situation because we're reading, uh, you know, seeing more and more of these stories around the country where people are just taking over abandoned houses and just living there for months, in some cases years, without paying a mortgage payment or without paying rent. And these are completely unsanitary situations many times where there is no uh, plumbing, uh, there's no water, so you don't have... The plumbing isn't working. You don't have electricity coming into the house. Uh, just incredible circumstances. And then those in the neighborhood, you know, have to put up 
with the uh, the crime and all that that is related to it. Uh, so there's this new scam I read about today, and I thought this is this is a good scam. I could see people falling for this. So how this works is you're at the gas pump, you're pumping gas. Somebody comes up to you and insists that no, they're going to pump your gas for you. So you've already put your credit card in. You've got the gas pump out. You're, you're going to put it into your uh, gas tank and they say, no, 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 I'm going to do your gas for you. And you say, no, that's right. I'll do my own. And they're really pushy. And they say, no, no, I insist on doing it. And you know, who knows they're probably homeless people, but these are scammers. And let me tell you the scam because it's a brilliant scam. So you relent and you let them pump your gas and maybe you give them a buck because you're like, okay, homeless person, whatever. Or maybe you just let them pump your gas. You don't give them any money. Well, what happens is they put your gas cap on and all that. Well, at the same time, they keep that gas, um, the gas pump handle in their hand. They don't hang it back up. They help you close up your gas cap. You get in your car, you drive away. They still have that gas pump and they did not close the pump. So now what they do is they have someone else pulls up in another car. They then fill that car up and that goes on your bill. And this absolutely does work. And I'll tell you, my wife um, and I used to do this years ago. Um, You know, uh, we had this deal with a local grocery store where uh, we would uh, go uh, to the grocery store, you buy certain things, you get a credit towards so much off per gallon. And sometimes it was like a buck off per gallon. And we would go to the gas station. I would fill my car up and then uh, she would pull her car up and then we'd fill her car up. So we just would pause the pump while we move the cars around and then we would pull the other car up and fill it up. And so um, interesting that this um, is now officially a scam that people are doing this. Um, We were doing it just legitimately that, okay, we'll fill one car up that takes 16 gallons. And then this discount we had might've been good for say 30 gallons. So we'd use the other 14 gallons that we still had as a discount of 50 cents or a dollar off per gallon by on that same pump, we would keep the pump going and fill up the other car. And then we would end up saving, you know, sometimes if it was like uh, 30, 30 uh, gallons we pumped and we got a dollar off per gallon, we'd have like $30 just like cash in the bank that we save from this fuel discount program. So this is what the scammers are doing. They'll take control of that gas pump. They won't officially turn it off and put the pump handle back and they'll then fill up another car. So that is a scam. Uh, a lot of warnings about that scam, especially in the Southeast. And then we'll close it out with this this week. What do we do about homeless scammers? And I'm just going to give you one example here in my town in Palm Coast, Florida. So I go to Starbucks by my house almost every day, uh, set up my computer, and I work from there for three or four hours because I'm remote. I don't have an office, and I don't like to just sit in my place and work from here all the time. So I go to Starbucks and every day, seven days a week, uh, there is a guy that holds up a sign and he sits in a wheelchair, um, right in the parking lot there. And it says like, I'm out of gas. I'm out of food. Please help me. Well, this little Starbucks that I go to happens to be right off of I-95. And this guy is portraying himself as like a stranded traveler that doesn't have money for gas. And the truth is he's there seven days a week. So he obviously must live in this area. And he's very aggressive about asking for money. And if you don't give him money, you'll hear him under his breath uh, cursing at you. 
and he knows me because I'm there every day and I'm not going to fall for the scam. I believe I'd given him money in the past, but once I saw that like this same guy is here every single day with this sign representing that he's some out of town stranded traveler, which I know he's not because he's there every day, seven days a week for months on end. I just walk around him and I go in uh, to Starbucks. What do we do about these scammers? I mean, to me, this is just as much fraud as any other kind of fraud. He's misrepresenting his circumstances. And this is private property. You know, he is in the parking lot of a private business, but nobody says anything about it. And I, I have these discussions a lot on my Facebook page where people, you know, on the one hand, it's like, you're a Christian, you want to help people out, you want to do the right thing. Uh, you want to give money to somebody that you think might be in need. But how many of these people are scammers? How many of them are misrepresenting uh, their circumstances? The ones that I that I just dislike the most uh, are the ones where they involve their children. You know, they're standing there with the sign asking for money and then they have their their baby with them or two or three little children. Uh, it, it's homelessness is a problem that we it seems like there is no answer for it. Um, give them money. It seems to not help for most of them. The money is misused. It's used for, you know, drugs, alcohol, uh, not good choices. That's why the person is homeless because they haven't made good choices with their finances. But then again, there are people that are legitimately homeless because they had a circumstance. You know, they had something that happened that they didn't have money saved for. They don't have a, a social safety net. They don't have family. So it, it's hard to know, but I, I think the, the best answer overall is, you know, when in doubt, help people. You know, if, if you think, well, could this guy be a scammer? Maybe, maybe not. And, and it looks legit. God knows your heart and you're helping somebody out. But I think, you know, more and more what we need to do with people like this is we need to uh, push them into these uh, programs that are available in every community in the country. There are programs, I know, for example, in St. Augustine, where there are a lot of homeless people. I believe there are 50 or 60 different programs to help them, to give them a place to sleep, to feed them, to give them medical care, to teach them how to do a resume, uh, to help them with job placement. The problem is, though, that they have rules and they'll say, okay, you've got to give up alcohol, you've got to give up drugs, we'll help you to detox, whatever the situation is, but you've got to get up in the morning at 536 in the morning. You got to make your bed. You have to go out and look for work or you have to work at the shelter providing a service there. And a lot of the homeless simply won't go along with these programs, which are designed as a hand up, not a hand out. And so, uh, you know, it, it's tough. And in St. Augustine, there's constantly these legal battles where the homeless uh, they're laying all over the streets where the tourists are coming to enjoy their vacation. They're laying, they're literally laying, sleeping on the streets with signs asking for money. There's probably a couple dozen of them at any given time on St. George Street in St. Augustine. And uh, many times I'll go buy a meal for them, but I won't give them money. And uh, you can tell the legit ones that are really in need will be grateful to get a meal. Those that are looking to just scam, they just want the money. They don't want a meal. Um, but there's been lawsuits. They get kicked off St. George Street. Then the you know they've got lawyers with these liberal organizations that will sue and say that's their constitutional right to be there and to beg for money. Um, it's a problem that I know our society struggles with, and there is no answer for it uh, that I've been able to see. There's wide disagreement about it, even among uh, you know whether you're 
conservative or liberal, Democrat, Republican, people uh, seem to not be to be able to agree on what the answer is on how we truly help the homeless. And I mean, obviously, as a Christian, it is a spiritual issue. You know, if these people were to turn their lives around spiritually, um, I think they would at least want to take the right steps. If they got into one of these social safety net programs where they were simply asked uh, to give up drugs and alcohol, to get up in the morning, uh, shower and shave, you know, contribute in some way or go out and look for a job. I think if their life was where it needed to be spiritually, they would probably agree to these very simple terms uh, for these generous organizations that are there with a hand up, but maybe not with a hand out. All right, my voice is still a little bit rough, so I'm going to cut it a little bit short this week, but it is so good to be back. Love uh, being here with you. Uh, We are live on Sunday nights. Uh, We're still restreaming all throughout the week. Uh, and uh, if you want to listen online, best option is to go to jimparisradio.com to see all of the different places that you can download the show or listen to our 24-7 stream. Thanks so much for being with us. Uh, great to be back. If you have a question you want me to address on the show, drop me an email to jim at christianmoney.com. God bless. We'll talk to you next time. So long, everybody. <laughs>